This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, hustle in the house. Yeah, hustle in the what is going on? Long time no talk. I'm Rob Faye. Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio. It is the third day of December, and the blue skies above give me a little bit of energy. If you feel a little pep in the step, that's a good thing, because after two weeks of what we've gone through here in the province of British Columbia, I look up at the blue sky and I am like, thank you for the reprieve. Now, this isn't going to be your standard Sports Bar Radio where we break it down logistically and everything's got its little segment. I just want to talk to you today because, again, you're getting ready for the weekend. You don't need any heavy drama coming your way. I'm not going to sit here and beat you down with philosophy and stuff, but I will say this. So yesterday, Studio Nightclub, downtown Vancouver, uh, NEW3, you know me and Chris Perry of Equity Guru fame, uh, we started a company called Nation Extreme Wrestling. We had a live show yesterday. I want to talk to you about something because I'm noticing something that is, uh, I guess you'd call it funny. And I'm not, I'm not going to edit this like I usually do. There's not going to be as many bells and whistles. But let's just you and I talk because here's one thing that I know. There are way more, and I mean way more, wrestling fans in this market than let on. Hear what I'm saying? You walk around and you poo-poo it. You say, ah, this stuff's not for me and I don't want to do this and I only want to talk about hockey and whatever. Dude, we have had six. Technically, we have had six shows. Every single show has been either sold out or damn near close to it. And it's not always the same people. You know, I was talking with Chris just the other day. And he said to me, he goes, you know, the first show, have you looked at this demographically? First show, we had a handful of women come out, you know, maybe a couple of the wives of the wrestlers and maybe just a couple of diehards. He says by the second show, he was saying, you know, what? you could probably say a good 10 to 15% of the crowd was women. And over the last two shows, which were both at Studio Nightclub, one was a Saturday night, one was a Thursday, it might have been two to one guys to girls. So we're talking like 33% of the venue is now female and they're hooting and they're hollering and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're having a grand old time. And I thought to myself, that is what I, and again, I didn't plan for that. There was no marketing strategy to try and entice women. I think I bit my tongue there. <laughs> but no, I just think there's something really cool when all of a sudden the women come out and realize that this is okay, that this is good fun. And the dudes, trust me, not all diehards there. There's a bunch of people out there that are probably like, oh, I'm going to go to the wrestling. And then when they get there and they're there for the two or two and a half hours, they realize, man, this is a lot of fun. So to all of you guys that are listening today thinking, oh, God, here goes Rob and another one of his tangents talking about the negative. Uh, no, this isn't negative. This is embrace what it is. It's entertainment. Like, let me walk you through a day. And, and again, I'm do you know what kayfabe is? Kayfabe is where you, anyways. So basically in a nutshell, the wrestlers will show up at, say, let's say the show's at 7 o'clock. They'll show up at about 2. They'll set up the ring. They'll go get a quick bite to eat. They'll come back at about 4.30 and they'll start mapping out their matches. Because listen, you don't just show up in the ring and no one to body slam somebody. Like this is choreographed. This is entertainment. And I will go to my grave saying that they are very, very athletic. These are athletes. Make no mistake about this. This isn't like Don Taylor and David Pratt talking about poker. These guys, what they do and what these ladies do is fully athletic. But they know 
what they're doing. There is a little choreography to what they're doing, and that's fine because a good wrestling matchup, you don't feel the choreography. You just feel the battle and the intensity, and we had that in spades. Uh, we've had, You know what, man? We've had that in spades since we started. So anyways, I want to talk more about this from a fan's perspective because I want to find a reason that the stigma still exists. It's 2021. We'll sit there for hours on our TV or on our smartphone. And we'll talk about all these different shows like Big Brother and Survivor and all these different shows. You don't think that those are scripted? You don't think that those are edited specifically to try and get the most reaction from you? It's essentially choreographed. And yet we sit there and we watch it because it's quote-unquote reality television. And these are real people. They aren't actors. Well, I got news for you. That's the same thing that's happening on our show, but it's live, it's in real time, and it is done with excellence, it is done with precision, and it's a lot of fun. So without making this an infomercial per se, I just want you, if you are on the fence or you're not into wrestling, to take a step back, understand what it is, and it's simply enjoy it. Like, simply enjoy what it is. It is a group of young men and young women that have decided that this is what they want to do in their spare time. Some of them, they try to make a profession of it. Others, they call it a hobby. But man, it is awesome to watch. And I think maybe because now I look at it from a different light. I'm not looking at it just as a fan. I'm starting to realize the hours and hours that go into this. Like, forget my side and Chris Perry's side where it's more about finding venues and making sure that the checks balance. But look at it from a young person's perspective. They get into this. There's hours of training at a school, and then every once in a while, they get a recital. The recital is essentially the show. No different than playing the violin. No different than acting or any of that stuff. You train for the moments. It's been so enjoyable to watch. So to you, if you're in, I appreciate you being in. And if you're not, look, man, there's enough stuff going on in the world right now that brings you down, that makes you feel like crap, that it wouldn't be the worst thing to go and get away from reality for a couple of hours because that's essentially what Nation Extreme Wrestling's become. It's an ability to walk through a door at a venue, step away from the world as you know it, even just for a couple of hours. We'll let you back, trust me. And... Um, just enjoy some local talent that's doing big things. It would mean a lot to me. I know the wrestlers feed off the energy, and I just want you to get past that hurdle where it's not cool, quote-unquote, to be a wrestling fan. All right, let's get you to the You know what? Maybe I will get you to a little bit of the news of the day. Major League Baseball, day three of their lockout, which I think is bullshit. Uh, I, and by the way, we knew that this was coming for years, and I think minor league baseball players are going to get jammed again. There's so much wrong with baseball. I can't believe coming out of a pandemic with the money that they make that still the billionaires and the millionaires are going to fight over this. I think it's an absolute boob job, and I absolutely cannot stand that they're at this trough again. We'll talk about the Canadian Football League that had a little moral challenge this week with regards to one of their key players in a major market that they know they need. And question is, negative COVID test or not, should he have been playing I'll get into that as well. We'll talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Let me get you to that one room. That one room where we store it all. Let me get you to the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time. So get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Welcome to the VIP room. 
All right, let us start on the ice as we usually do. Let's start with the games that are at hand here tonight. Uh, Winnipeg Jets on the ice against the New Jersey Devils. And my voice cracks because these are two teams that could really use something that gets them going in the right direction. New Jersey has lost seven of their past nine games. They're on a two-game skid, including a 5-2 loss in Minnesota. Getting ready to take on the Winnipeg Jets, who have lost six of their last seven games. The good news if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, 2-0-1 in their last three games straight up against New Jersey and are doing pretty well on the penalty kill nearly 88% but it is their power play that is absolutely hurting them against New Jersey they don't have a power play goal in the last three straight up meetings against New Jersey so those special teams are going to have to get right if you're a betting person in this one you might want to consider the under the total has gone under in nine of Winnipeg's last 12 games and also they've gone under in six of their last seven home games I think New Jersey might be able to pick up a win here in Winnipeg. All right, to a team that is not scuffling at all, winners of get this, six of their past seven games, Calgary Flames just continue to stockpile points. Tonight, they get a team in the Anaheim Ducks that are also not exactly chopped liver. They won three of their past four, including a 6-5 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Anaheim is 13-8-3. I don't think many of us saw that one coming even more so. Calgary is 14-4-5, and an incredible 10-2-2 on the road. I think Calgary's going to win this one. I think the over at 5.5 points, definitely going to go over in this one. So again, Calgary looking for their, get this, 15th regulation win of the season as they are in Anaheim at the Honda Center. Well, the other Alberta team also on the road as well. Down the I-5 in Seattle, it's the Edmonton Oilers, all 16 and 5 of them, getting ready to take on the Seattle Kraken, who haven't had the worst season, all things considered, at 8, 13, and 2. I try to say that to you Canuck fans who have a very similar record. Uh, Edmonton's red hot, but Seattle have also won two of their last three games, including a seven-goal assault on the Buffalo Sabres back on November the 29th. But Edmonton, hot as a pistol. They've won three in a row. They've won five of their past six. They've won six of their past eight. Uh, their most recent victory, a 5-2 drubbing to the Pittsburgh Penguins just two nights ago back on Wednesday, which has them with the best winning percentage of all 32 teams in the NHL. Boy, Edmonton looks good these days, don't they? They've been great at home, have the Oilers, 3-0 in their past 10, but a modest 4-3 on the road. But you got to think that if Seattle gets into any penalty trouble, that that is going to be a death roll because Edmonton walks into Seattle with the number one special teams in the entire NHL, scoring at nearly a 36% clip this season with the man advantage. That is unbelievable. Got to take Edmonton to win this game, but you got to wonder with the over-under at six if this one might not sneak in with the under. Anyways, that's what's going on for the Canadian content here tonight. Tomorrow, of course, more Canadian teams in action. The Canadiens taking on the Predators in Nashville. Toronto on the road, all 17-6 and one of them in Minnesota to take on the Wild, who are 16-6 and one. Just one regulation victory separating those two powerhouses and the Vancouver Canucks at 8-14-2, getting ready to take on Pittsburgh as Vancouver looks for their third straight victory. Well, a bunch of games on the hardwood tonight, but I think the eyes are all in Los Angeles. It is a battle of Los Angeles. Lakers getting ready to take on the Clippers. And good news for the purple and gold, LeBron James is back in the lineup for the Lakers. And this was an interesting one because after missing Tuesday's game against Sacramento because of conflicting COVID-19 test results, LeBron has been cleared to return to the lineup tonight. The NBA confirming that the King did not have the virus after all, but LeBron still had to miss practice yesterday due to the league's health and safety protocols. Now, LA still managed to beat the Kings back on Tuesday without LeBron because the defense picked up the pace. 
Lakers, if they want to beat the Clippers, are probably going to have to do that all over again because the Clippers have had the Lake Show's number a lot over their last 29 meetings. How about this? The Clippers have dominated their rivals, taking 23 of their last 29 meetings straight up, and they've also covered in six of the last seven. Paul George should be ready to go. He sat out Wednesday's game to simply rest. The Clippers need to bring it on the floor. They are on a bit of a skid as of late, having lost four of their last five, including a 124-115 loss against Sacramento. Big Week 13 in the National Football Association, and a lot of the eyes going to take on the late game on Sunday. That is Denver and Kansas City. Denver have won three of their past four to make themselves a part of the conversation. Well, Kansas City, after that slow start, have rattled off four consecutive wins, five of their last six games, including a 19-9 victory over Dallas last week that keeps them atop their division. But here is all you need to know. In the last 10 meetings between the Broncos and the Chiefs, Kansas City is a perfect 10-0. Chiefs coming off a perfect November, and a lot of that has to do not just with Patrick Mahomes, but with their defense. Having another dominant performance against the Cowboys last week, they held the Pokes to just 276 total yards, had three turnovers, and then went into a bye week. So Andy Reid, get a load of this, 19-3 coming off of a bye week. Patrick Mahomes He's 7-1 straight up, coming off a bye week as well. So Denver has all of the numbers heavily against them going into this game. Monday Nighter is hot as a pistol as well. Winners of six in a row, seven of their past eight. The New England Patriots, who some are starting to hitch their wagon, their Super Bowl wagon to, getting ready to take on Buffalo, who is 3-3 three and three in their past six games. Patriots at 8-4, and four, Buffalo at 7-4. and four. And the Patriots know that if they're going to get through to said Super Bowl, that they're probably at some point going to have to deal with Buffalo, a team that they lost both of their meetings to a year ago. But again, it is a much different team. Tough team to bet on right now are the Buffalo Bills because I tell you what, Josh Allen, who some are saying is an MVP candidate, looked terrible at times against the New Orleans Saints back on Thanksgiving. But this is a game that he can step up, and if he has a big one on national TV on Monday Night Football, could get the Bills going in the right direction again. And he can remind a lot of people of how good he is. Biggest thing New England needs to do is make sure that they can run the ball because I tell you what, Mac Jones is doing big things right now for Bill Belichick. But a lot of that has to do with the options right now. So if New England is in a pass-only mode, uh, the numbers come down significantly for Jones. But if they can get even moderate running on the ground, Bill Belichick and the Patriots might have struck gold again when it comes to their quarterbacks, who, uh, if you don't know, they've been pretty good when it comes to them, dating back to Drew Bledsoe. All right, let's finally get to baseball. I didn't want to start with this because I wanted to start with a positive, not so much the negative. It is day three of the lockout between Major League Baseball and their Players Association. And Rob Manfred coming out again and saying that he believes that there's a deal to be made with the Players Association. But Tony Clark and said association digging their feet in a little bit here because they don't feel that the last time around they got what they needed from Major League Baseball. And the players let the association know this. So this is a really big moment for Tony Clark and said leadership within the Players Association because if they end up getting taken to the woodshed like they did last time, and I know that's hard to say considering players make what they make, but the Players Association isn't going to want to give on as many concessions as they did last time. Time is of the essence for baseball. They surely do not want a work stoppage that bleeds into the season. Uh, Rob Manfred publicly saying that he's got no belief that that will happen. But of course, it's the Players Association who's going to want to party as well. And they are digging their feet in that, no, we're not taking the first deal that is offered. But 
Here's what I want to say when it comes to these deals. Do not forget the innocent bystander here, Minor League Baseball, who neither the Players Association or Major League Baseball really care about during this negotiation. They're not worried about the collective bargaining agreement, and Minor League Baseball players have long just taken the scraps that have fallen from this agreement's table, and hopefully, even though Major League Baseball cut a number of teams, tried to get things better for minor league baseball facilities, still have a long way to go to truly compensate these players and more than anything, make sure that they are a part of the conversation above. And we'll be very curious to know, in addition to luxury taxes and all the other stuff that comes, what are they going to do with the draft? What are they going to do to these organizations that fell by the wayside? What are they going to do to make sure that minor league baseball players can at least get a cost of living that is acceptable to them? You shouldn't have to leave chasing your dream of major league baseball because you can't make minimum wage. And it's a story that you rarely hear, and nobody wants to bring it to the forefront, not even these minor league baseball organizations, but that is the stuff that is swept under the carpet. And I'm hoping at least at one point, either the Players Association or Major League Baseball finally include minor league baseball conditions and get them up to par with even an average cost of living. It can be done. You just got to care a little. And finally, on the PGA Tour, the Hero World Challenge has a very familiar name at the top of the leaderboard through the second round. Bryson DeChambeau with a 64 in the second round to take the lead at the Hero. One shot better than American Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, and Brooks Kopka. Very small field, but it also includes names like Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and Xander Shifley. All right, let's wrap up your Friday Express edition of Sports Bar Radio. My thanks to everybody with Equity Guru, to Chris Perry, who is the uh, not just owner of Nation Extreme Wrestling, but owner of this fine podcast as well, and to everybody else over there, including Galen Asan and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. Until you and I get together on Monday, well, okay, yeah, I know it's great to talk again, isn't it? Let's do this on Monday. I am Rob Fay for the final time today. You've been listening to Sports Bar Radio. As always, brought to you by Equity Guru. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully, it's a dry one to everybody in the Fraser Valley. We're thinking of you. I will see you, or at least talk to you, 48 hours from now.